0: The Morning Grind. Stevie TPFL and company are here to jumpstart your analysis on today's DFS Slate. Without further ado, here's your host, Stephen Young.
2: Hey everyone, welcome to the Roto Morning Grind podcast. I'm your host, Stevie TPFL. It's Wednesday, it is April 24th, it's 2019, and we have seven early games, and seven games on the main slate to talk about here on today's slate. I'm joined by my good buddy, Jennifer 7 Grant, back-to-back days, how are you doing, my friend?
3: I mean, I've, I've I've been better, we've entered about it a little bit before the podcast, but expecting Wheeler to be 40% owned, and having to fade him in GPPs, lost, I did not cash on a single GPP team, except for my cash game team, which somehow it's got me almost back to even, but like today's MLB, I don't think you really ever need to play a 40% owned pitcher unless it's something like are going against Miami. Like it, it just doesn't happen, especially a guy that has scored over 30 points. What twice in the last 10, 12 games.
2: Yeah. The projected ownership on him was high. Everybody was talking about him, you know, in the industry thought he was going to be like major chalk. And then he ended up being like anywhere from like 25 to 35% owned. And I could stomach that. And I faded him as well. I I feel like this, this is just one of those slates. And like, I got crushed on Tuesday. Let me, let me just throw that out there. Like it was one of the worst slates I've had all season. And if I projected Wheeler to be 45% owned, like I did, um, I would fade him every time. I don't care who the pitcher is. I'm not going to typically play a pitcher that's 45% owned. And it just didn't work out. Like, I'm perfectly okay with that. But seeing him at like 25% in some tournaments, that's where I was like, man, I really wish I would have had like 50% um, and, and just doubled the field on him. But it is what it is. We move on. We got day baseball on Wednesday. And um, it's a really interesting, like, we have two really good slates
3: yeah yeah no i like both of them um i'm going to the rockies games so it will be even more fun to watch the games live but yeah the morning slate's great there's a lot of good bats and some interesting arms and then the late slate like yeah i mean white socks are in impl- high implied total so it's an automatically a slate i like but yeah overall both slates are great there's enough arms to pick from and there's enough bats to pick from that even if you go chalk, it's not going to be that heavy on the chalk outside of the Rockies,
2: yep. Um, it, it's it's interesting. that's for sure. And you're going to the Rockies game. I'm going to my wife's um pregnancy appointment. so you know, just just to let you know, like you know we're we're
3: we're we're both going to see awesome things, <laughs> yeah, I think <laughs> mine might be more fun, but yours is probably a better life experience.
2: Yeah, yours is definitely more fun, but I'll I'll (laughs) take it. (laughs) All right, let's get started on this early slate. Miami at Cleveland. I guess if you guys haven't checked out our sponsor, make sure you head on over there and check them out. It's fantasydraft.com. Sign up through the Rotogrinders links. That way you get access to three months of Rotogrinders premium for Fantasy Draft, and you'll get... um, any any promos that we run with them we run special promos from time to time with them and you'll get access to that so if you haven't checked out fantasy draft make sure you go over to the rotor grinders website and on on the main page you'll see on the left hand side you'll see reviews and you'll be able to click the reviews tab and see what is going on with fantasy draft also on Wednesday, one of my favorite tools at Roto Grinders, we have this free, freemium week where we're, we're giving away or we're showing you guys our premium behind the scenes stuff. And one of my favorite tools at Roto Grinders is Plate IQ. On Wednesday, all the Plate IQ premium reports, premium leaderboards, all that stuff is going to be free. So if you haven't checked that stuff out, highly suggest checking it out. Take advantage of being able to see it for free and really get the look behind the scenes on. The played IQ premium. Miami at Cleveland, Sandy Al Alcantara against Jeffrey Rodriguez. Um, any interest here in Alcantara?
3: No, no. I I mean I generally make it a rule not to play Miami pitchers away from home and against Cleveland with Lindor back in the lineup. Not someone I really want to pick on or want to play considering everyone all the way up and down the lineup walks. This Cleveland lineup is
2: starting to get healthy. Um, like you said, Lindor's back. Kipnis is back. Cargo is in there now. Like the lineup looks a lot better than it did on opening day. So Jose Martinez still really struggling, but I, I think with Jose Martinez having, you know, pieces around him, I, I think that we're going to start to see these Cleveland numbers start to go the other way. So I am with you. I don't want to play Alcantara here. He's not a big K guy either. And I'm still looking for strikeout upside. And he's just not that guy. Um, do you have any interest here in Jeffrey Rodriguez?
3: No, I think. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong here, but I think this is going to be a bullpen game. Um, correct. Yeah, so he he's not going to go far enough into a game. I I get that Miami's a like really good matchup, and they strike out a lot. But I I don't think I can even pull the trigger, even though he's like moderately cheap. I just think you stay away from him.
2: Actually, it doesn't look like it's going to be a bullpen game. I didn't realize they sent him down. So he's been pitching in AAA and starting games in AAA. So um, he's only, he's made two starts in AAA plus his one start um, against Kansas City. So actually, it might not be a bullpen game. They might actually let him go like 85-plus pitches here. So just kind of throwing that out there.
3: Yeah, I realized I mixed up Chavez and um, Jeffrey and Jesse. So. Yeah, it's the Texas game. It's a bullpen, pin game. My bad, but I don't think I'm going to go with Rodriguez, even up against Miami. I think there are better options.
2: I don't think a $6,600 pitcher against Miami is ever a terrible idea. Um, I just don't know what type of upside he has. He really hasn't shown a bunch of strikeout ability. Um, you know, Even if we look at his minor league numbers, Outside of you know, looking back to like his double A numbers in two thousand eighteen, you know that's when he had some strikeout stuff. But he really hasn't shown strikeout stuff at Triple A or the majors. So, little concerned when I'm looking at him, um, and, and that's why you know he's on the Indians now, not the Nationals. Uh, Miami bats. Anything stand out to you here from Miami?
3: I mean, Chavez or Rodriguez isn't that bad. Like he's bad, but not really an upside guy. He walks guys. And this lineup is just not very good, not a huge amount of power. I I mean, maybe Granderson, just because it was high K rate, you can take a one-off on him, but no. No, I'm not probably playing any Miami bats.
2: Yeah, you know, I'm looking at it as well, and I don't really see anything stand out to me. It makes the argument for Jeffrey Rodriguez a little bit better. Um, Cleveland bats, uh, what are we doing here with Cleveland?
3: Stacking them up, I mean – sandy is a big walk guy and there's walks all the way up and down this lineup here so um, it doesn't matter either side of the plate he's a bit better versus righties than he is versus lefties um but like uh, i don't know if there's a big enough sample size to really entirely say that there so you can stack this up any way you want it's better stack over on fanduel where you obviously get more points for the walks but he gives up a decent amount of power here he's away from miami i'd probably go with Lindor. Ramirez, Santana, and Cargo as the first guys that would get off the board. But really, I'm not going to argue anyone all the way up and down the line. I honestly think that this is a decent stop or spot to go with Bowers or Ploiecki or even Kipnis. Like Going with the guys in the lower end of the lineup, everyone who's going to stack this up, we don't have a total now, but I'm assuming it's going to be fairly high, everyone who stacks this up is going to immediately go for the top of the lineup. So whoever ends up down near the bottom could very well be the better plays here. Um, just simply because of ownership because there's a decent amount of power all the way up and down. So if you want to go Lindor, Ramirez, and like a Kipnis-Bowers stack, I think that's the best way to go. But if you're taking one off here, it's very clearly Lindor, Ramirez, and then probably Cargo.
2: Yeah, and Carlos Santana profiles really well too. Um, You you can look at him. But, yeah, I I like the Cleveland Bats. Um, You know, certainly one of the the teams that I'm going to be targeting here on this early slate um moving on kansas city at tampa we got jacob junis against blake snell um snell coming off the il for that broken was it toe um any interest here in junis
3: no no not at all
2: yeah and this bullpen's tax so if junis gets in any kind of trouble it could be an interesting spot for tampa we'll talk about that when we get to the bats um Blake Snell, it's always good when it's not a shoulder injury or anything like that. Do Do we want to play Blake Snell here against Kansas City as the highest price pitcher on the slate?
3: I mean, I'm thinking about it. I'm going kind to of go, like, the when we're recording this, the Vegas odds on this game aren't out yet. I kind of want to confer with them. They probably have more information into his injury than I do because I know it's a toe injury, and that doesn't really affect guys that much in their throwing motion. But it does uh, – cause some pain and balance problems. Um I don't expect him to be on a pitch limit here but look for that in the morning. Uh but Snell like if he looks okay to go and like the Vegas total for the Royals is below 3 like it should be going up against Snell, then I think you have to have a little bit of interest in him on this slate. There's enough big price bats where people might not go with them too much. Um and there aren't really a whole lot of high price pitching options that are great here, so I do have some interest in Snell here, but I'm going to wait and see what Vegas has to say first.
2: Yeah, I think Snell's the best pitcher on the slate. Um, Assuming that we don't get any pitch count news or anything like that, I've looked. I looked before we recorded or started recording, and I didn't see anything. So I I like the spot for Snell. Um, Like I said, I think he's the top pitcher on the slate. We know – big strikeout upside we know the Kansas City team has struggled with left-handed pitching um, like Jalen Beeks pitched well against him at the bullpen on Tuesday so like Snell has a lot of upside in this spot and we're looking at the top end pitchers on this slate I just think Snell's the guy you just you don't you want to get in there and, and just have at the top and play one of these cheaper pitchers because that's how this slate kind of sets up so I'm a huge fan of Blake Snell here. He's going to be my my highest stone, you know, top end pitcher on the slate. So, um, Kansas City bats anything here on Kansas City to do anything for you? Nope. Yeah, it's kind of where I'm at as well. I don't really like Kansas City here. Um, Tampa, like I said though, if Junis gets in trouble here, that bullpen was taxed with um, our boy Homer Bailey only throwing 36 balls. I mean pitches on um, Tuesday.
3: Yeah, yeah, no, he could not find the strikes on there, and the bullpen's a little bit taxed. They already have one of the worst bullpens in the league. Uh, this Tampa Bay team, like, they still don't get that high of ownership, even though they got some good bats in here. I mean, look, and like Junis, if he gets broken up, or if he gets beat up, then you don't really have to worry about the splits too much, but he is bad to both sides of the plate, slightly worse against lefties than he is against righties, so... I'd probably go with low as my first bet, but fam, Diaz, Garcia, um, and Zunino is a guy that I always go with. And Eunice is a slightly above average strikeout guy, but he does give up enough hard contact where Zunino bomb is a decent possibility here. But I like the stack here. If I'm going just one offs, it's low, it's fam, it's Diaz. Um, but the full stack here is fully in play just because Eunice is a just a decent pitcher and gives up a whole lot of hard contact and these guys can hit the ball far so any of the power bats are great stack them up go with Lowe as your top bat if you're going to go with anyone
2: yeah i certainly like lao and i like diaz um sanino's been hitting the ball really really well so those would be the guys that i'd be targeting but i don't hate maybe a little bit of a mini stack for tampa here knowing that kansas city bullpen is struggling this season and that they had to use that bullpen a lot. Um, Milwaukee at St. Louis, we got Chasen against Wainwright. Um, any interest here in Chasen?
3: I mean, a little bit, he's got pretty big splits. I mean, obviously, we always talk about this every time he's on the mound, just way better versus righties than he is versus lefties. Currently, at a 4.8 and fly team total for the. Uh, Cardinals and they are a good team here, but like looking at the low price guys on this slate here, your choice in that range is Wainwright, Brooks, Chassine, Rodriguez, and Sanchez, and none of them are really great. And if you want to pay for some Colorado Bats, you kind of need to pick one of these guys. I'm not going all in on Chassine, but I'll probably end up with 20% on him in all likelihood, just because there is a little bit of upside if there's a decent amount of Roddy bats in this lineup. But it could very much implode in my face very quickly.
2: <laughs> Listen, at the end of the day, like, outside of Snell, there's a lot of question marks on the slate for pitching. So Chasin's a guy, like you said, massive splits. If they roll out their right-handed heavy lineup, he's in play. Um, his Um His K rate, almost 31% against righties his numbers have always been better against righties he's a guy that just struggles with lefties so it's a spot where you can play just and play carpenter on the same team um and just hope that carpenter's the only one that does the damage against him so i like just here uh you know just looking at the cheaper pitchers he's certainly somebody i'm looking at uh the milwaukee side of things here or i mean um, adam wainwright um i don't really have a lot of interest in wainwright um he's kind of a a splits guy too and where his struggles are against lefties and um, quite a bit of lefties in this lineup.
3: Yeah, no, I mean, just the matchup worries me, but Vegas has, this is one of the lower implied total spots here. So I think like, honestly, him and Jacina probably have about the same amount of interest in um, whichever price tag I end up landing on is probably what I'll go with. I don't like Wainwright, but again, it's just, super bad The cheap arms on this slate here so i think you have to consider him and he's probably the second best cheap arm on the slate in all reality which is very sad to say
2: just saying how bad this slate is um for pitching is all we're saying um well, i mean cheap not, pitching <laughs> yeah cheap pitching the, the like it's not like the high end is much better let's be realistic um Let's talk um, Milwaukee Bats here. You know Shaw looks like he's starting to get his stuff together. Um, you know three home runs in the last two games now. Um, is this spot we're looking at Milwaukee?
3: Yeah, absolutely. The lefties from Milwaukee are very much in play. Wainwright pretty extreme splits. Um, gives up not a whole lot of hard contact, but walks lefties quite a bit. So that in those scenarios, righties kind of come into play there too. So Braun and Kane are very much in play, but. I'm of course going to start off my my stack with Yelich there, and even use him as one-offs. He's just hot enough recently that you can still use him, even though he's only hit home runs at home this season, and this is on the road. I'm not buying into that a whole lot. But Yelich very much in play. Grondahl, one of the better plays on this slate for a catcher. Shaw, I had three home runs in the last two games, and I think his price is still a bit too cheap here. So yeah lefties on this sprinkling righties into your lineup but yelich for a high price bat and shaw for a $3,300 bat is just great great spot for them yep yelich
2: grandal shaw nice little three man um eric thames should be in there if mousakis is out again he's a cheap little bat that has some power upside so some really good spots to attack here um and like, I don't mind the righties, but I really want to attack the lefties against Wainwright, you know, Wainwright's still able to use that curveball sinker combo against righties to get a lot of ground balls and not give up a lot of home runs. So I like the lefties, um, Cardinals bats, you know, outside of Matt Carpenter, I don't have a ton of interest here, but I think you can make an argument for Colton Wong. Who's off to a really hard, hot start this season. Outside of that, I'm struggling with the Cardinals bats here.
3: Yeah, I mean, obviously, we want to target lefties against Chassine, and there's just not too many. It's Carpenter, and it's Wong, and Fowler, and, like, I, I want to see where Wong's batting in the lineup, but, I mean, I guess pretty much anywhere he's batting in the lineup, it's just going to lower his ownership the lower he is. Uh, so Carpenter and Wong would be the first two I look at. I'm fine with Goldschmidt, and I'm fine with DeJong and Ozuna. They just, like, it's simply to complete a stack with those guys. Like You're not going to target them as one-offs going up against Chassine. Brewers' bullpen is just way too good. And if Chassine does get a little bit beat up by these bats for some reason, then it's not really going to be a great matchup later on in the game unless they're way out in front. So if you want to round out Goldschmidt, DeJong, Ozuna into a stack with Wong and Carpenter, I'm completely fine with that. But other than that, the only two bats I'm targeting are Carpenter and Wong.
2: Washington at Colorado Annibal Sanchez against Herman Marquis uh, Marquez um, 10 and a half total here we're expecting a bunch of runs any interest in Annibal Sanchez
3: not really no I mean it's it's Coors, it's Annibal he can get into trouble and just now
2: um any interest in Herman Marquez
3: I do have interest in Herman Marquez? I believe is the right way to say his name because I've been yelled at repeatedly over the last year about it. Um, yeah, I mean he has two starts in Coors. I don't expect much ownership in him even on this slate because he has been like beat up a bit over in Coors, but he's been good outside of it, and he just got a little bit babbed. I think he had—I want to say he had ten hits in the last game versus Philly and. I'm not sure any of them were extra base hits. It was literally just single, 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 single all the way through, and he only walked two guys. He had all right strikeout numbers, but he's a good pitcher. We saw what he can do in Coors last year towards the end of the year, and he was just like, you're not going to find higher upside from anyone on this entire slate outside of Blake Snow. He's going to draw less ownership than he should. Marquez is probably my favorite pitcher on this slate, barring – any news that Blake Snell won't be on a pitch count or that he's completely fine?
2: Yeah, I like him as well. I think he's a really good tournament play. There's strikeouts in this lineup. You know, the one thing that kind of worries me is Anthony Rendon was available for pinch hit on Tuesday. So I think he'd be back in the lineup here, which certainly bumps this lineup up some. But there's still a lot of strikeouts in this lineup. And it's certainly a spot that, you know, we can get the strikeout upside we're looking for. There's a lot of righties too. And that's where. Marquez really gets his um, strikeout upside, you know, the bottom of this order with Gomes and Dozier and Robles, a lot of strikeouts there. So I like it. Uh, It's more of just a a product of pitching on the slate. Uh, Washington Bats, if we're playing Washington Bats, who are we looking at?
3: I mean, it's in course, the stack's always in play, but if you're just looking for one-offs, you're targeting Rendon because of how good he's been this year and you're targeting Soto with the platoons split. Outside of those two, I don't really see the need to go with anyone outside of a stack. Like If you're targeting guys, it's Rondona and Soto, and then there's no reason to play any other guys as one-offs here unless you're expecting Marquez to get beat up, in which case you want to be stacking.
2: Yeah, I think you can throw Adam Eaton in there as well. The one through three is where I'd be looking at for Washington here on the slate unless some surprise left-handed bat you know draws the lineup that's cheap but they don't really have many of those guys i think matt adams is still kind of banged up and howie kendrick um,
3: today didn't he did he Um, like if
2: adams is in there i have a little interest in adams um just you know given the ballpark but you know howie kendrick would be another guy but we'll have to see if he's even in the lineup um so yeah, you know, but for the most part I like the I like the Colorado side a lot more in this game. I, I think the Rockies you get a day game in 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 cores. The weather is going to be nice. Like this is a good spot to attack the the Rockies' bats.
3: Yep, no. I'm p- quite possibly just going all in on them Um just cuz I'm at the game, but even if I wasn't, they're still still probably the best stack on the slate. They're the best bats on the slate you want to be looking for most of your cash game bats here are blackman doll story all fantastic plays um daniel murphy back in the lineup
2: yeah he'll be back today i was just about to say that he gets activated he's supposed to be activated today
3: yeah so murphy's very much in play stack up these bats i don't like have any in particular that i'm absolutely in love with outside of the three real big bats there but they're all very much in play this is a course slate. it's very simple you can play them. You can fade them. There's merit to each of them because of high ownership. I'm going to be on the side that's playing them.
2: Yep, I'm going to play them too. It's a day, day game in Coors, and the weather's nice. So i um, certainly going to be looking at the Rockies here. Texas at Oakland, Jesse Chavez, a.k.a. a bullpen game for Texas against Aaron Brooks. Um, another day game in Oakland with the weather really, really nice. Um, do you have any interest here in Jesse Chavez?
3: No, like you said, this was the bullpen game I was talking about, and so not even at 4K, I'm not going to mess with them.
2: Yep, I don't expect them to go too deep into this game. Um, Aaron Brooks on the other side still continues to have a really, really low strikeout rate. You know, pitch to contact type of pitcher um, uses a sinker to create ground balls, but this is not a spot that I'm going to tag Aaron
3: Brooks. Yeah, I don't want to use a mediocre pitcher here. I'd rather go with Chavez or Wayne right.
2: Um, let's see. Looking at the bats in this game, Texas. Like I really like the Texas bats here. Um, this is a game that I really like. If I'm not looking at like course Field, this is going to be a game that I'm going to be playing quite a bit.
3: Yeah, this is absolutely the pivot here. I like the A's bats more than the Texas bats, but Chu very much in play. Gallo one of the better GPP plays on this slate. Um, Mazares a good play. Andres Santana are fine. Um, you can stack this guy. The, this game up, but this is actually a decent spot to be looking uh, for one-offs here. Brooks, a pretty big fly ball guy so far this season, and he doesn't give up a huge amount of hard contact, but we don't have a huge sample size of it. Doesn't strike out guys, so Gallo is just a lock and load here for potential home run, maybe two. Uh, he's the guy you want to go with in GBPs, but any of the power guys are very good plays.
2: Yeah, you know, obviously Gallo, when we're talking power bats, he's certainly a guy, you know, he's really expensive. You're going to have to pay up for him. You're going to have to pay more for him than you are Blackman or Dahl. So that should lower his ownership overall in the slate as well. So um, really like Gallo, really like his upside in this spot as well. Like you said, low strikeout pitcher and um, Gallo is just a beast. Um, Oakland side of things, you know, you mentioned it already. This is a good spot for them against this bullpen. I think we can really look at you know the one through six here and load up on some Oakland bats.
3: Yeah, no, absolutely. Chris Davis is like a lot of these bats are a little bit too cheap. They're a cheaper version of Coors today. They have close to the same implied total here. I think it's sitting at 5.2 right now as we're recording this. But Chapman Davis, obviously the two guys that you want to go with just right off the bat. Don't know if lefties are going to be coming in from the bullpen. Don't know if righties are. But if lefties come in, and immediately makes Chapman and Davis better. Morales, very good play if he's in the lineup. Profar, Piscotti, Grossman, Simeon, all of them are very good plays. This Texas bullpen is just terrible. Second worst bullpen in the entire league right now. 5.31 XFIP right now. And the second highest or third highest uh, home runs per nine given up. In the league so far this year and i think the other ones are um have had some tough ballparks to play in. so i i'm all for using all these oakland bats here and chapman and davis are a decent pivot off of blackman and arenado if you can't afford them in cash to try and get smell
2: um yeah i i really like oakland um for sure gonna be a team i'm looking at chapman davis my two favorite plays like you um Seattle at San Diego, Felix Hernandez against Chris Paddock. Um, Any interest here in King Felix?
3: No, I love that guy, but no, no way.
2: Yeah, you know, at the end of of everybody's career, it becomes a time where, you know, you just have to accept the fact that he's not as dominant as he once was. And his strikeout rate's way down this season at 15.7%. Still pounding the strike zone, you know, not walking people. Um, So, It's just not a spot that I think I'll play. Felix, uh, do you have any interest in Chris Paddock?
3: I mean, I have interest in him. Will I end up using him? Probably not. I think I'm just going to go with Marquez at lower ownership. Like this Mariners team, granted they've been playing well above expectations and they are playing in a uh, AL or NL Park. They don't have the DH, so they won't have Vogelbach in there. In all likelihood. I mean, maybe they'll pitch him instead of Encarnacion, but regardless, they're gonna be missing one of their biggest bats here. Paddock has not been as good as a lot of people had hoped, and he's still priced at nine point nine K. So I I just I'll 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 take the higher risk with Marquez here than Paddock, knowing that I'm probably gonna get lower ownership.
2: Yeah, I really, really wanted um, Paddock to be better this season. And, like, his strikeout stuff is still what we kind of expected. His strikeout stuff is still really high. You know, taking out Vogelbach here or, you know, E5, one of those two guys is not going to play in this spot. So takes out one of their big bats, like you said. There's a lot of strikeouts in this lineup. So I don't hate potentially playing Paddock here as a pivot in tournaments. Um, I do think this guy has massive strikeout stuff. You know, he's he's talented enough to get you a big strikeout game. So I don't hate him here um, in, in tournaments. You know, when we're looking at ballparks and looking at matchups, like, you got to like some pitchers, and this is certainly a spot that I don't hate. Um, Seattle Bats, what are we looking at here as far as the Seattle Bats go? They're probably my
3: favorite, like, off-the-board stack here. Paddock has been giving up, like, it's not a big sample size, but a 51% hard-hit rate here. He's struggling a bit with his curveball, which I think is part of his struggles so far this season. His fastball's been great. Like, it's got decent velocity and a decent amount of dip in it, and his changeup has been good, but the curveball's not been great. Um, so he's been giving up a ton of hard contact, and we know exactly what these bats can do so far this year. I mean, just looking at the ISOs so far this year against righties, 300 for Hanager. 300 for Bruce, like 300 almost for Healy. Encarnacion is very good. And if we just look at them overall, then they're all over 300 pretty much, all the way up and down this lineup here. They've been hitting so well. I'm a big fan of riding out hot streaks, even though they've been a little bit colder recently. But, like, if they're going to – if Vegas is going to peg them at a 3.5 total, there's a lot of potential upside here. So they're not going to draw almost any ownership. They're one of the last games of the slate, which will make it even worse. And it's a decent, like, if you have Oakland stacked up, it's a great thing to pivot over to Seattle if you're not doing that great and you have some catch-up work.
2: Yeah, don't hate it. Um, You like it more than I do. Like, even with Paddock's hard contact, he's only allowed two home runs and five earned runs this season. So – you like it more than me, but I completely understand why you like it. There's a lot of home runs in this lineup. Um, I like it more if Vogelbach plays over E5 for what it's worth. Um, San Diego side, do we have any interest in the San Diego bats against Felix Hernandez?
3: I mean, Fernando just hit two bombs today. He's playing very well this season. I think you have to have a little bit of interest in him. Machado, obviously still very good. Felix just is not the same pitcher. He's a decent ground ball pitcher but that's pretty much it and he could get beat up here seattle even though they had one of the better bullpens last year they traded away some arms and now i think that they're like sixth in the league worst bullpen so if felix gets beat up here then you could easily see some trash bullpen arms going in so i don't mind the stack if i'm just looking for one-offs it's machado and it's fernando just a, fernando has a pivot away from the story and that's pretty much it but I, I don't mind the stack here just because of how bad this yellow bullpen is
2: yeah it was uh, it was fred miller reyes who hit two home runs today but or
3: it was you
2: know, a, yeah it was reyes so
3: man i did not read too well <laughs> I've, been, I've been i've been taking care of a baby all night and it's hard to watch a kid and watch your phone at the same time
2: that's all good dude uh yeah Reyes is off to a really strong start this season he's an interesting play as well um he's been hitting for a lot of power kind of what his mo was you know and and why you know he got called up last season so Reyes is interesting I don't mind Tatis um don't mind Myers or Machado but more as one-offs here instead of you know stacking them up Last game on this early slate, we got San Francisco at Toronto, Drew Pomerantz against Clay Buchholz, the two former Red Sox pitchers that both stink. Um, do we have any interest here in Drew Pomerantz?
3: I think a little bit. I mean, we've already talked about the pitching on this slate. There aren't a whole lot of good options, and Pomerantz is just 800 more than Wayne Wright. He's just 1,000 more than justine So if I can get up to him, I think I – I would try and do that in most scenarios. Um, he's just pitched pretty decent this year, and I get he's playing over uh, away from San Fran, and he's still giving up a decent amount of hard contact this year. But the K rate has been there, so I'm willing to to take a chance on him against this Toronto lineup that's just not very good. I mean, you look at it so far this year, and their numbers against lefties have not been good out of that side of Tioscar. Everyone's been horrible. They're just not good hitters in general. So Pomerantz, like, he's, he's, may end up being my top own arm just because of how much I'm playing Coors.
2: Yeah, I, I certainly think he's in play. Um, you know, just looking at it, he is a guy that has strikeout ability. He's not going to have a clean start. So if you play Pomerantz, like, don't watch the game because he walks, he throws too many pitches in, in, in at-bats and stuff like that, but it's kind of a fitting matchup for him this team doesn't walk a lot they strike out a lot they don't have a lot of power against lefties so pomerantz is certainly in play uh, on this slate just because of the matchup um buckholz do we have any interest here in clay buckholz
3: no just no
2: yeah where pomerantz has some strikeout upside Buckholtz really doesn't you know he's a pitch to contact guy at this point of his career um let's talk bats do we have any interest in the san francisco bats
3: yes yes i do um they're one of the better plays on the slate just because of their pricing um belt continues to be too low priced almost every single day i mean he's up to thirty seven hundred now it's real real tough to fit into your lineups, but i'm like my favorite thing to do today is going to be double stack colorado and san fran i like belt I like Posey out of the catcher spot. Uh panic if he's in the lineup today. Hit two or hit a bomb and a double today if like too low owned. They're all getting a drastic park change over from San Fran to Toronto. And you saw exactly what happened today. Like you need to find some lower priced got bats if you're gonna be playing the higher priced ones and want anything anywhere remotely resembling a decent pitchy staff so yeah I, I i will play duggar i will play uh para a little bit i will play posey i will play belt i will play longo i will think about playing sandoval i will play crawford i will play panic and pilar is just not really a guy i play at all but i may end up with him in my line it's just you need cheap bats and san francisco's what you have the only option you really have
2: yeah i like the cheap bats i don't hate it i probably wouldn't play more than like two in a lineup but pitch to contact pitcher cheap bats um i have no issues with looking at some of these giants bats to save some money and you know if if you're not paying up for like a trevor story or dijon or lindor options like going all the way down to a crawford is not the worst thing on the slate i don't think at 2900 if you're playing if you're paying up for like snell um and and want some cores bats still you know it's certainly something i think you can do on the slate so I don't, I don't hate it. I don't hate some of these cheap Giants bats. Uh, is there anything for Toronto that you like?
3: I mean, no. You can stack it up and hope the Pomerans just implodes, but I'm not going to suggest any of these bats. Um, like Smoke, maybe, but as a one-off, if you just need someone at his price, but I, I probably am going to full-on fade Toronto. When are they going to hurry up and just bring Vlad up? That's all I'm waiting for. Like they should have had him up two weeks ago. It's
2: so tilting, but
3: well, they were talking like, about having him up like for this opener of this game. He was supposed to be playing on Tuesday and gosh, it's infuriating.
2: Yeah, he should be up for sure. I don't, I don't disagree with that. Robinhood is an investing app that lets you buy and sell stocks, ETFs, options, and cryptos, all commission free. While other brokerages charge up to $10 for every trade, Robinhood doesn't charge any commission fees. So you can trade stocks and keep all your profits. Plus, there is no account minimum deposit needed to get started so you can start investing at any level. The simple, intuitive design of Robinhood makes investing easy for newcomers and experts alike. Very easy to understand charts and market data and place a trade in just four taps on your smartphone. You can also view stock collections such as 100 Most Popular, With Robinhood, you can learn how to invest in the market as you build your portfolio, discover new stocks, track your favorite companies, and get custom notifications for price movements so you never miss the right moment to invest. Robinhood is giving listeners of Roto Grinders a free stock like Apple, Ford, or Sprint to help you build your portfolio. Sign up at fantasyfix.robinhood.com. That's fantasyfix.robinhood.com. We move on to the seven games on the late slate, the main slate. We start with Arizona at Pittsburgh, Merrill Kelly against Jordan Lyles. Eight total here. Uh, do we have any interest in Merrill Kelly?
3: I I don't think so. I mean, this is not a great Pittsburgh lineup, but they're not really K-ing at a huge rate. I I just I think I'm gonna fade him. You know, so we we briefly talked about
2: um, Luke Weaver yesterday and I did some like, man, my stats and like my model really liked Luke Weaver yesterday. And I still highly regret not having a, a ton of exposure to him yesterday. And I know he had a good game and you can be results oriented, but this is one of the things that tilted me about Tuesday slate. But anyway, uh, Merrill Kelly, not a guy that I typically, like low swinging strike rates, high walk rates, uh, struggles with lefties. There's enough lefties in this lineup, I think. Now we, with Polanco back, Moran's there. Like They really realistically could roll out like six or seven lefties here. So I think I'll pass on Morrell Car- Kelly. Uh, I do have some slight interest in Jordan Lyles. Um, just looking at this slate overall, it's not like we have a ton of pitching options on this slate. And I think that a guy like Lyles is certainly somebody we can look at
3: here. Yeah, now um, he's going up against the Diamondbacks team, and there's they only have a 3.76 implied team total. His price tag over on DraftKings and Fantasy Draft not that high, only 7.4 over there. Um, like this Arizona lineup has been hitting well recently at times, but he's got like even striking out a lot of guys so far this season. It's not a huge sample size, but a 29% K rate, 3.9 xFIP when you consider his price tag, consider the slate, considering how there's not a whole lot of good options below the top tier, like the top three, four guys, like you have to kind of consider him here because you just don't have other options. And so he's going to be one of my higher own guys. I think there's safeties there. And if he does end up like continuing this high K rate, there's a lot of strikeouts at the bottom of this lineup. So yeah, he might be the top option in the mid tier to lower mid tier um, on the slate.
2: Yeah, I certainly like him. Um, just overall, looking at the slate, like he has to be one of the one of the top arms in this mid range, like you said. So, um, certainly going to be playing, you know, a, quite a bit of Jordan Lyles. He has one of the best ballparks too on this late slate, main slate, however we want to say it. Like he's pitching in one of the best environments on the slate too. So. Um, is there any Arizona bats that you feel comfortable targeting against him?
3: I mean, Peralta, he's been just crushing it so far. And he's been doing it all the way since the beginning of last year. He's 4,600, doesn't really get high ownership. I was talking about with Bobby today. And yeah, like Peralta, it pretty much always gets overlooked and there's upside and low ownership. So he's the guy that I'd be looking at, but outside of him, not really sure if i want to go with anyone else other than a pure completely contrarian stack and a huge live final uh winner take all field like there's no reason to go with these other bats here
2: yeah peralta or walker would be the only two guys that i would play um those are the two upside bats in arizona's lineups right now and walker's a big strikeout risk um peralta certainly somebody that i don't mind um and then on the pittsburgh side of things like Are these lefties, like, sneaky? Uh, Are they in play? It's in Pittsburgh. I don't like to typically target a lot of bats here. Should we be looking at them, though?
3: Uh, On this slate, I don't think so. There's three, four good spots, and this isn't really the sneaky spot I was planning on. I mean, if you want to go with anyone, go with Polanco. Um, Kelly, obviously, quite a bit worse against lefties. I don't hate Frazier. I don't hate Bell. I don't hate Moran, but... I don't I'm not gonna go out of my way to target them. I'm fine with a lefty stack, but I'm honestly just only really looking at Polanco here.
2: Yeah, Polanco, I'm trying to pull up uh switching slates on Fandle to see if he's still really cheap. Like he's thirty four hundred, it's not as cheap as he was. I don't mind Polanco, and I really don't mind Colin Moran. Um he's a cheaper bat if you're looking for some power upside. He's a guy with big power um in the middle of that lineup and like he stands out to me as a guy that you know we could look at to save some money on this slate because we are going to talk about this next game and play a lot of bats from the chicago and baltimore game irvin santana john means uh expecting a lot of runs in this one grant do you have any interest in irvin santana
3: none whatsoever
2: do we have any interest in john means
3: a very slight amount, and that's just in the hopes that it will only go 60, 70 pitches. He's 5,200. There's a high strikeout White Sox team. I say it almost every single day. Going back to the beginning of last year, you look at the projected starting lineup here. How many guys do you think have under a 21% K rate versus lefties? I already know, so
2: stuff to ask Yeah, me. the
3: answer is zero. Not a single <laughs> one. This is They have been crushed by lefties. Over and over again means if he's only going to go four innings on this slate with his price tag, and considering the trash near the bottom when it comes to pitching, I have some interest in John Means. And that's not to say that I don't have interest in the White Sox bats, but I'm just hoping for five innings, six strikeouts, seven strikeouts, or four innings, six strikeouts. Like I'm not asking for much, but at 5,200 going against this high strikeout team. I think that it's possible that he ends up with 20 points.
2: Yeah, I don't know if he'll pitch deep enough in the game to get 20, but I do think, like, I'll take 15. Like, give me 15, and I would be super ecstatic. But he's certainly going to make my player pool today just because it's not like we have a ton of really, really cheap options. And, like, he's 5,200, like you said, multiple times. So, um at that price, we don't need you to go out and put up 20. We need you to go out and put up like 12 to 15 points and I think the the upside's certainly there. I really I kind of am with you. I, I want him to go out and have like a clean like three or four innings with like five strikeouts and just get pulled. Like He's been in and out of the rotation and in the bullpen and it's really tough to judge his numbers, but we know he has some strikeout stuff and <laughs> easier to generate strikeouts when you're in the bullpen coming into games but there are a lot of strikeouts in this lineup so with that being said i think we can still look at some of these bats right
3: yeah absolutely and um just just to mention something today we did say andrew cashner was in play yesterday and he did put up 24 points against this white Sox team and hess was pitching a one hitter through four innings they can just be terrible the first few innings of the game we've seen it six times in the last two weeks. Um, but we've also seen times after four innings when they only have one hit, them get 12 runs. They're very much in play. They're one of the best stacks on the slate. If you're looking for one-offs, like, you got to realize a lot of these lefties, you're not really too worried about them. Or even Moncada, who's a switch hitter, who's just much worse against lefties. I'm not expecting Means to go that late into game into the game. And the Baltimore bullpen is by far the worst in the league. They are giving up two and a half home runs per nine so far this year. The next closest team is only 1.9. They're giving up 25%, 30% more home runs than any other bullpen in the entire league. It's over in Baltimore. It's one of the better parks. I'm probably going to at least once end up with a Chicago stack with means in there. And I think it's going to take down GBB. But if you're looking for bats, anderson abreu alonzo Moncada, and castillo are the first guys that i'm going with but i don't mind a single bat in this lineup
2: yeah um i man alonzo Moncada are really really interesting here if they're going to have lower ownership because of the whole lefty thing because like you said the bullpen is terrible and we don't expect means to go deep plus like the white Sox are on the road so like we're going to get the ninth inning. So that is the potential for maybe getting that extra at bat against the righty. Um, And don't forget about the beef. He crushes lefties. So he's really interesting. He's off to a slow start this season. So it's really tough to look at just his numbers from this year, but certainly a spot that I don't mind attacking Uh, the Baltimore side of things here. um, Irvin Santana stinks. He's just, he's bad. Like, we look back at last year, we look back at this year, like his strikeout rate stinks. He walks a lot of people. I think Baltimore is a top stack on the slate, and they're a really tough team to stack because it's not a great offense. But I think we're looking at Baltimore here.
3: I mean, I pretty much have to. It was redemption for yesterday. Um, I had, I had a few Baltimore stacks with Homer Bailey in them, so that was my day. Uh, and
2: Right there Look, with you, they,
3: buddy. Right yeah. there with you. Yeah, I mean, Mancini's obviously the guy you go with first, but Mancini, VR, Smith Jr., Nunez, Reese, Ricard, all are fine plays, and even Chris Davis. I mean, he's still – he hit a bomb today. I did, a bomb I, today. <laughs> I, did I did say I liked him yesterday. I never play might, him, and I did say I liked him. I did say he was going to hit a home run today, but I said that mostly sarcastically. Um, But he's still 2,700, and he's on a heater. So, you know, play the hot streak. He's super cheap, and he can hit the ball far. And Santana does not strike out, guys, and he's just absolute trash. Stack up this Baltimore team. And honestly, I don't hate Chris Davis in cash today.
2: I don't hate him in cash either. I was going to say the same thing. Like, if you're paying up for, like, a Verlander on the slate – um and maybe like pairing verlander with like uh jordan lyles like we were talking about paying down for chris davis is not the the dumbest thing i don't think on the slate because i i do like baltimore a lot and even if he will bat six or seventh here it's a pitch to contact pitcher and the bullpen i don't i'm pretty sure they don't have a ton of lefties in that bullpen um so it is a good spot to look at chris davis in my opinion Philadelphia at New York taking on the Mets. Eight and a half total. Vincent Velasquez against Jason Vargas. Um, any interest here in Velasquez?
3: Very little. This is not set up as a good matchup, but Velasquez at any given time could put up a big game. He's not good versus lefties. Mets have some very good lefties here. It's not really the numbers pointing towards him being a good play. It's more about like him having upside at any given time. So if you're making 100 lineups, throw them in three, throw them in four, but I'm not planning on using them much.
2: Yeah, it really depends on the lineup. Um, if Nemo's out and it's McNeil, Conforto, and Cano, the only lefties, I think there's some upside. Like a lot of the Philadelphia pitchers just in general, they're very good against righties and they struggle against lefties. So I don't think I will play Velasquez here, but if this lineup comes out a little right-handed heavy, um, I-, I think there's an argument to be made for tournaments. Um do we have any interest in Jason Vargas here?
3: I'd rather use Means. Um, I guess you could. These, this Philly team did just get crushed by Wheeler and crushed my soul. But, like, I it, it, you're just better off going with John Means and limiting the potential damage that you could have done to you here. Uh, I don't like any cheap pitchers. So, like, that's the one reason you could possibly go with Vargas and just hope for a like we said earlier, a 10-point outing. But I think you're more likely to see a negative 10-point outing.
2: Yeah, I think I'd rather play Means as well. Like, he has some strikeout upside. Vargas doesn't. Like In four starts this season for Vargas, the dude has a 6.67 XFIP with an 11% K rate and a 12.7% walk rate. His hard-to-soft contact ratio is 52.8%. He's allowed 69.4% hard contact. Like, I think the the Phillies stack is the top stack on the slate. If this game was in Philadelphia, I would be stacking them everywhere. Um, I love the Phillies here. I love Franco. I love Hoskins. I love Romuto McCutcheon, Gosling. Like any of these guys that crack the lineup, I'm in. Um, I I Philly is one of the top stacks for me on the slate.
3: Yeah, I won't say that they are the top stack, but they're definitely one of the top stacks. Like, yeah, you you basically said, there's power in this lineup. Vargas is horrible. There's a lot of good righties in here. Stack them up, play them. Anyone that's in the lineup
2: is good. Uh, What are we doing with the Mets bats?
3: Lefties. Play the lefties versus Vargas because they're all, to an extent, power lefties. Conforto over 200 ISO. It's the beginning of last year. Cano close to that. McNeil's been hitting bombs this year. If Nemo's still, or if Nemo's in the lineup today, um you can play him i can't remember exactly how bad his injury was but he's in the line it was an oblique so that 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 makes it a little bit tougher he's probably not going to be playing and then alonzo i mean velasquez can give up home runs to both sides of the plate so alonzo and ramos are both in play and even frazier uh anyone one through six is in play is one off if you really want to stack them up you can i'd probably just look for one off power bats here and Oh, for a bomb or 2.
2: Uh, Detroit at Boston, we got Tyson Ross against Eduardo Rodriguez. Uh, Rodriguez, a massive favorite here at minus 210. Do we have any interest in Tyson Ross? No. Uh, do we have any interest in Eduardo Rodriguez?
3: Yes. Um, Detroit's not very good. Erod's a pretty darn good pitcher. What you worry about with Erod is when he's going to work up the count, but there's not a whole lot of guys with high walk rates. I mean, look at plate IQ. Disregard Peterson because he has six at-bats versus a lefty. Uh, disregard Greener just because he's only got 29. Like, the guys that are going to walk are going to be Kerbera and Goodrum to an extent, but the rest of these guys are all single-digit walk guys and not going to be able to work the count that well. Erod can go later on into the game. He's most likely going to end up with a win. His price is a little bit constrictive, and I'd rather go up to other guys. But Erod's very much in play if you can't get the 400 extra for Bueller or the 1500 extra for Berlander.
2: Yeah, just a good tournament pivot off of some of those other guys, too. Um, he's a guy that's kind of boomer bust. I don't think it's a lock and load spot by any means, but I do think he can go out and have a good game. Um, Like, I think it's a a really good tournament spot for Eduardo Rodriguez. Um, Let's talk bats here. Detroit, is there anything standing out to you here for Detroit?
3: No. just just no. They're not very good. It's not a very good spot. The price tags on them are not great. I mean, I could see using Cabrera as a one-off, but realistically, Cabrera and Chris Davis are probably similar on today's slate. And... Davis is nine hundred cheaper. So if you're looking for a cheap bomb, you're better off going with Davis than Cabrera and just save the money.
2: I don't mind Nick Castellanos at forty one hundred. He's gonna start hitting eventually. And he has too much talent um for being forty one hundred in this ballpark. So I don't mind Nick Castellanos is maybe a one off. Um mm-hmm. Boston Bats, what are we looking at here against Tyson Ross?
3: All of them. Pretty much all of them. I mean, Ross has gotten away with some decent outings this season, but he's playing Boston, in Boston here. And pretty much one through six, all of them can crush him. And he gives up a decent amount of hard contact. And while he's an above-average ground ball guy, uh, that's still not going to matter against these bats here. And his walk rate is not going to help him out at all. Like, There's going to be guys that are getting on base. They have a 5.6 implied team total here. They're going up against a Detroit bullpen afterwards that is not very good. So, yeah, I will happily take any of these bets, starting with bets and J.D. Martinez, as always. But, like, Ross is not very good versus lefties. So Benintendi, Moreland, Devers are all very much in play. And if you want to round out a stack, round out of Bogarts, if you want an off-the-board guy, then go with Bradley here who's got decent numbers and he's going up against a guy that is not good versus lefties so is the top stack from a like not incorporating ownership and in. from broad points is the top stack on the slate.
2: Yeah, no arguments here. This team's been very disappointing to start the season um, especially as a Red Sox fan, but certainly a spot that I like. Tyson Ross has shown some semi-reverse splits to start the season. He's a guy. If we remember back, like, to, uh, <coughs> excuse me, to like his Padres days, he had some reverse splits. So, I, I certainly don't like, don't dislike any of these bats, um, one through six. Um, but Moreland's probably my favorite bat here. He's been hitting the ball really well to start the season, and um, I, I think you can look at him in all formats um, if you're not wanting to pay play. Good old Chris Davis in cash. I think Moreland is a really good option as well. Um, Dodgers and Cubs, Walker Buehler, Cole Hamels. uh, Do we have any interest here in Walker Buehler?
3: Yep, quite a bit of interest. If you can't pay up for Verlander, then uh, Walker's the guy that I'm going to go with. It's a little bit of crosswind, but almost no win over in Chicago. It's 52 degrees out. Buehler is just a very... Very good pitcher um, with above-average K stuff, above-average control, gets a decent amount of ground balls, and I'm not worried about his hard contact, considering that it's being played over in Chicago in decent weather here. He's one of the top pitchers on the entire slate. Outside of Verlander, he's the top pitcher, and he got up into 90 pitches his last start. So I assume that he'll get close to that again, barring anything ridiculous happening.
2: yeah. After playing Kentai Maida yesterday, I'm going right back to the well. Um, <laughs> did not work out, but uh, he got Cubs, he got 12
3: more points than Lynn and 10 more points than Homer Bailey.
2: <laughs> I guess that's a positive way to look at it, Grant. Positive thinking, there, buddy. Um, but yeah, it, it's just a spot that I think we could go back to the well here. The Cubs they strike out, and I think there's some strikeouts here for Bueller. It's not my favorite pitcher on the slate, but I, I do like the upside. Uh, do we have any interest in Cole Hamels?
3: Uh A little bit, just as a tournament play, but his price tag's too restrictive. Like just the fact that he's a lefty going against the Dodgers that struggle a little bit more versus lefties. Like you can make the argument as a tournament pivot off of Bueller, but I would, I probably will end up with no exposure to him at all.
2: Yeah, we just saw Quintana go seven, give up two runs, had a couple walks and a couple hits, but had seven strikeouts. Like Cole Hamels is certainly a guy that could go out there and have some upside in this matchup. So it's just like when you're looking in this price range and pitching, it's really tough to those those asking prices for Bueller and Hamels are tough when Verlander's right there, Um, and when you can go down and get some same type of upside for maybe like a guy like Eduardo Rodriguez. So. That's where I run into the biggest issue with playing Hamels and Bueller. Um, I'm not going to go out of my way to stack against either one of these guys. I think this would be one of the lowest scoring games on the slate. I wouldn't be shocked if the total in this game when it comes out is like seven and a half or eight. Um, What are we doing with bats for the Dodgers here?
3: The righties with power. Um, Turner has been great this season, but he's still a guy with some power here, and he's been historically good versus lefties. Kike's been crushing lefties so far this year. He's very much in play. Uh, outside of them, I'm still I'm going to play Pollock every single day that he's too cheap, and he's 3400 today. Pollock and Turner are two of the best plays on the entire slate when you consider their price tag. It's just that simple. Like You play them at this price, and Kike's too cheap. I don't want to full stack the Dodgers, but... A little mini stack with Turner, Kike, and Pollock is a great stack going up against a guy who's had a 50% hard hit rate versus righties this year and has somehow come out of it completely unscathed.
2: Um, The Cubs bats. Maybe the lefties. Maybe like a Rizzo type. Maybe like a Schwarber or a Baez. Maybe that would be where we want to attack
3: Bueller. I mean, I'm just not going to.
2: Yeah, I don't think I'll go out of my way either, but you know, it's certainly, certainly where I would if I was looking at Cubs to get some leverage. That's where I would get like Baez. Just he's hitting everything hard this season, so he's not walking. He's striking out at a high clip, but when he's putting the ball in play, he's hitting it hard. So that would be the guy that I'd look at for tournaments. Uh, The Twins and the Astros. Zach Little against Justin Verlander. Um, Any interest here in Zach Little? Nope. I don't think he's in the player pool, is he?
3: Uh, I think he is. I believe he is. Let me do. It. Yeah, he's there. He's sixty five hundred over on DK.
2: Oh, uh, it's not. It must. I mean, must need to refresh. It's not showing for me. Um. Yeah. Not a. Not a, like a, a massive prospect or anything like that. Um. You know, we saw him last season pitch a little bit. His AAA numbers have been okay. Um. He has shown some strikeout upside in AAA, but for me. I'm going to side with the Houston Astros offense before I side with Zach Little. Uh, let's Wait, talk to Justin. Is Cole Stewart pitching? Is it Cole Stewart? I thought it was little. It. Oh, I see it. Cole Stewart will be called up to start. Yep.
3: All right. Well, um, pretty much the same thing. Not playing him.
2: <laughs> um. I got to pull, pull up his fan graphs page really quick and see what we're looking at with him. He's another guy that's been pitching in the minors. I don't think – he pitched a little bit last season as well. He actually doesn't have nearly the strikeout upside as uh, Little does. So um, I, I I like the Astro Bats more. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah he honestly.
3: Is. He walks a lot of guys, and he doesn't strike out guys.
2: Yeah, like a swinging strike rate in AAA last season in 40 innings of 7.3 um, – not having that big strikeout stuff in the majors is probably going to burn you a little bit. He is, he is a bigger prospect for what it's worth um, than, than little. So it'd be interesting to see how this works out for Cole Stewart, but so far he's been underwhelming. Um, Justin Verlander on the other side of this game, likely going to be the SP one in cash games, right?
3: Yep. He should be. I mean, but I mean, you don't even have to say anything about him anymore. he is a bit of a fly ball guy, but doesn't give up a horrible amount of hard contact goes late into games. High K rate doesn't walk a whole lot of guys. I could see pivoting off of him tournaments just because at times of season, he hasn't been great. And he's going to draw a whole lot of ownership. Um, But yeah, he's the, he's the de facto catch game SP one.
2: Yeah. For a lot of good reasons. Like you said, um, you know, it's a spot to attack Verlander. He should get some run support here too. So, um, let's talk bats. What are we looking at here when it comes to, um, Minnesota?
3: I mean, just as a leverage spot going up against a big fly ball guy, any of the guys that can hit a hard Kepler, Polanco, Cruz, Rosario, Crone. If you really want to take a tournament pivot, just uh low ownership guys that can hit bombs but none of their price tags are really that enticing and there's enough good bats on the slate where i don't think you need to
2: yeah um i don't think i'll be going here but rosario has been hitting the ball really well if you want to play one off i don't mind eddie rosario um that's the that like you worry about the most when you're rostering verlander Um, the Houston side of things and the other side here, like Cole Stewart, we saw him a little bit last season and he was, he was really bad. Um, you know, he was a top five pick and he really hasn't lived, like I said, he hasn't really lived up to that expectation. Um, I love the Houston stack here.
3: Yeah. Yeah. As do I, um, something to look out for. We don't have news on it yet. Uh, but the, the dome has been open the last two days and it's been hot weather over there. If it's open again today, I like them even more, but even if it's not, I mean, Stewart's a bit of a ground ball guy, but all these guys are going to be putting it in play, and Stewart can get wild. That lines up perfectly as a stack spot, considering how how many high walk bats there are on this lineup. Don't have a huge sample size of how he's done versus lefties and righties. Right now, I think he's setting up as like a bit splits neutral depending on which stats you look at. But I'm just expecting him to be a normal splits guy. So uh, Brantley, Reddick are both in play. Springer, Altuve, Bregman, Correa, Guriel, all very much in play. This is a great stack spot. There's not a single bat I don't want to play, including Torino's down there.
2: All right, uh, Yankees and Angels. Last game on the slate, we got CC Sabathia against Felix Pena. Um, Any interest here in Sabathia?
3: no, like not really. This is a tough slate for pitching down near the bottom, but CC, I don't really want to pay 7-2 for him when I can get Lyles at 7-4. Angels don't really strike out at a high rate, so I don't see a massive amount of upside. Just no on CC.
2: See, I actually like Sabathia. Uh, I've been saying it for months, years now. Like This team, especially with Justin Upton Hurt, outside of mike trout they just don't have a lot of righty bats to hit lefties and cc LeBathia is a guy that's gonna go out and get ground balls he's not gonna get a lot of strikeouts but if they let him go like 90 pitches here i think he can throw six clean innings in this spot and with the potential maybe throwing seven if he has a lead which might be a little bit tougher today than it has been in the past but I, I actually like Sabathia. I still like Lyles more, but Sabathia is certainly somebody that's on my list today for pitching. Um, in this ballpark, low low total. And this team just not very good against left-handed pitching.
3: Yeah, I mean, I can see it. There's probably a little bit more safety, but they still have a four implied total here today. Like, there's not a – there's one maybe high strikeout bat in this entire lineup. And Fletcher and Smith, I'm assuming Smith's not going to – is Smith is going to make the lineup and not bore? like they strike out at such low rates versus lefties. They just put the ball in play. Yes. He's probably not going to give up a whole lot of runs, but and I guess it's possible for him to get 15, 20 points. I just don't see the upside, but I understand it on this slate where there's not really a whole lot of guys to pay down for.
2: Yeah. Like even with his limited strikeouts, I think 15 plus is super, do- super, super doable here if we just start seeing him have clean innings, if Babbitt is in his favor, you know, he's kind of reinvented himself. Like we've talked about in the past, he's just throwing a lot of cutters now um, and just getting a lot of ground balls. So obviously that that's the biggest thing here. Um, And you have to worry about Mike trout. That's obviously the biggest thing, but um, Felix Pena on the other side here, do we have any interest in him?
3: I mean, a very small amount. He hasn't been very good this year, but this Yankees team, not great, Pena. We obviously know is much better versus righties than he's versus lefties. There's a little bit of upside, but again, I'd rather go with Lyles and I'd probably rather go with CC here. Um, so I don't see myself paying the extra three hundred bucks over Lyles to Pena even in tournaments.
2: Yeah, Pena just hasn't been that great this season. Like his XFIP suggests like he's not even getting that unlucky. He just hasn't been pitching really good. So I'm going to stay away from Felix Pena here. I would much rather play CC Sabathia, or Lyles in this range. Uh, let's talk Yankees-Bats. Uh, there's two guys that instantly stand out to me here for the Yankees, and that's Luke Voigt and Torres. They destroy sinkers. It's a small sample, but they're very, very good against sinkers, and they're two of the top plays for me um, when I'm just looking at you know, a matchup against Pena. Yeah,
3: yeah, I don't disagree with you at all and then I and mean, paintings bad enough versus lefties where i don't I hate throwing in forward trashman and even frazier or gardner but really it's just you're looking at Boyd and you're looking at torres
2: um man i like the Yankees on tuesday there there were another um homer bailey um special because luke foyer hit two home runs and it's it's so uh homer bailey we're not talking
3: about tuesday anymore this is just it's right that's right
2: um mike trout's really good at baseball if you want to play him against cc sabathia you're not going to hear any complaints but outside of that I, i there's just not a lot of power in this lineup and i'm going to pass on everybody
3: else yeah yeah i'm likely only going with trout here and i mean if you need a cheap catcher kevin smith is fine but like that's strictly just a price play. And there's multiple guys around the same price tag that you can go with. So yeah, trout trout or best.
2: All right, let's play the morning grind game and then we're gonna get out of here. We're gonna use the main slate for the morning grind game today. Um give me your pitcher under eight K to get six or more strikeouts today.
3: I'm gonna let you have Lyles. I'm gonna go with John Beans.
2: <laughs> Means. I am gonna take Lyles. I don't mind taking the chalk here. Um I was I was all ready to take um somebody else, but hey, if you're gonna let me have Lyles, I'll take him. I mean um, I'm gonna
3: take Andy Mean's cousin.
2: Over over AK to score under 15 points.
3: Lasquez.
2: Yeah, he's he's the option uh for sure. I I don't even know. Like, as much as I like this guy, I think that, like, he probably has the option to, like, start walking people and not get there is Erod. I think it's between Erod and Bueller, and I think they're both in play. It's just if I had to choose out of the options that we have, those would be the guys. Um, Over 4K to hit a home run today. Who's your expensive bat to go yard?
3: Oh, gosh. I'm going to go with – I'm going to go with Moncada.
2: That is not who I thought you were gonna take.
3: Who did you think I was gonna take?
2: I don't know. I didn't. I didn't think Moncada was gonna be their guy, though. That <laughs> was he threw a curveball at me. Um, hey, I've been taking this guy all week, and he he kind of owes me at this point. I'm gonna take Conforto again. I like it. I keep playing him, and he keeps doing like he's having good games. He's just not hitting home runs, but I'm gonna take Conforto again. Um, under four K to get two hits. Who's your cheap bat? You're looking at today.
3: Uh... I mean, I'm just going to go sewer ballsy. I don't think he's going to get two hits, but I think he's going to get a home run. Uh, Chris Davis.
2: Um, give me Torres. We just got done talking about his splits against sinkers, and um, I really like him today. You can use him at second base or shortstop. Uh, stack to score six or more runs. Who do you got? Uh,
3: I don't want to go obvious. I want to go a little bit off the board. I'm, I'm just going to go with Houston.
2: All right. I'm going to take Baltimore. I'll take the obvious one. That's fine with me. Um, Any final thoughts before we get out of here?
3: Mm, nope. but nope. I've got to go feed a baby.
2: Well, you go feed a baby. You enjoy the Rockies game. We'll be back tomorrow talking some more baseball with Chief Justice 06. Good luck in your contest, and we'll see you guys again tomorrow.
3: See you, kids.